previously on Starkville's House of L. Hey, buddy. What's up? Nothing much. I'm not going to be able to record tonight. What the hell, bro? There's much trouble in where I'm... I can't do it. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, Derek. This is the finale. I know. I know. I'm sorry. No, this isn't funny. Like, seriously, I'm not doing this sitting here by myself. This is the finale. Well, maybe maybe you can find someone to... No, this you. isn't like, oh, we're stuck in the Phantom Zone crap. This is the finale. We're, we have to do this. Where do you, what are you talking about? You were you really stuck in the Phantom Zone? Yeah, that's not important right now. What are you talking about? You can't do this. Uh, there's just a bunch of stuff going on, and I'm, I can't get to the You're mic. going to see Iron Man, aren't you? Maybe Tucker can help. Tucker? <laughs> Tucker? I don't want Tucker. I want Steve. <laughs> you, can't, you, you can't talk to me that way. I sure as hell can. You cannot talk to me that way. Fuck you, I want fucking Steve on the fucking show, not fucking Tucker. I want fucking Steve fucking right now. <laughs> I am the host of Geek Out Loud, the official podcast of geekoutonline.com. You cannot talk to me that way. You know what everybody's been wanting to say it since you came on to shoot fucking Geek Out Loud? I drive a Dodge Neon. You really can't do this? I really can't, man. I'm sorry. Well, enjoy Iron Man. I've, I'm not... Ugh. You're fucking fired. Welcome to Starkville's House of L. This is episode 88, Arctic Part 2. I'm Steve. I'm Derek. Man, how's it going, bud? Well, better now that you're back. Well, you know, I'm sorry about last week. I, I do seriously want to apologize to everyone for last week and what happened. There was just, in all honesty, there was some real-life stuff go down. And, um, and so I wasn't able to make it to recording, and I appreciate it. Derek, I want to say publicly thank you for being so understanding. I was feeling so bad that I wasn't able to get here and record, and um, and you were really understanding and really cool about it, so thanks. Uh, dude, stuff comes up. I know that as well as anybody, but uh, your, your fans were a little upset. We got those emails when the episode came out. They were like, no, Steve, I'm not listening anymore. Well, you know, yeah. I, there were some fans that weren't so upset. I think most of them came from you. Though. I, think, <laughs> I think you sent most of those emails. Steve's not there? Steve, what in the world? Why isn't Steve there? Now we had one fan. We weren't. I said let's not bring this up, but I can't help it. One fan who said they were glad we didn't have all the uh, craps and giggles. Yeah, that we normally have, and uh, so that's okay. Know, that makes care. me feel great. Yeah, that's all you, buddy. That lays yeah. on your shoulders. I really thank care. God for the anonymity of the internet. I really could care. No, there's no anonymity. I can name it right now. I'm just. I can tell to... you who that person is. <laughs> give you an IP address, the location. We know we where you people are. We can find out where they're at. Almond, you hear me? I know where you're at. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, we Sorry for have, the inside forum stuff there. We have a gentlemen. good bit to talk about today. Um, not a lot of shoe news. Uh, a lot of it kind of spills over into Smallville news. Yeah, really. I mean, it, it, we are we are on the tail end of a, 
of a season. We're right at the end of a season, so there's Oh, they not, didn't know, Steve. Thanks. For yeah, there's not a lot them. coming in. Well, I think the two things that we always kind of talk about, and one thing I have to hit on today is T-shirts because everybody keeps emailing us, PMing us on the forums. Uh, we don't know when the pre-orders are going to be available, and, and sending me your T-shirt size does not get you a shirt. That does not constitute a pre-order. No. <laughs> Uh, and everybody assumes that that does. Now, about three months ago, I put on the forums, kind of put your size down on here so I can get a number, like a head count of how many we need to get. But now, as I announced uh, uh, two weeks ago, it's been turned over to a company, and they'll be handling everything. So putting your shirt size on the forums no longer constitutes you having a T-shirt anymore. When the pre-orders become available on the website, that will be posted in the forums. We'll talk about it on the show. It'll be on the main page. And you can go and pre-order it through a company, and they will send you the shirt. I will. I, the middleman has been cut out, and I will not be taking care of these shirts anymore. Thank God, because that was terrible last time. So, uh, having having sold T-shirts on multiple occasions, it is a hassle. So they're, they're really cool. They're our new Fortress logo on the back with the Starkville House of L podcast on the back, and our URL www.smallvillepodcast.com on the back. The front is actually just the Superman shield and the iPod, like the old T-shirts were. Um, so it kind of looks like a Superman T-shirt from the front. Oh, that's uh, cool. Uh, you know, you know what Will wore in Descent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I know. that's exactly what they. Yeah, yeah right. I, I just I thought it was only going to be the one fortress design. I didn't think you were. I kind of did too, and they the thought logo. they they thought you know we should kind of take this a different direction, so they wanted to do the, the both things. And they're also working on the Tenth Wonder T-shirts, which are going to look uh, pretty cool too. So hopefully we'll have. All that uh, going, hopefully within the next two weeks. I know I said that last time, and, and they've they've redone the design a little bit, so we're talking to them. The other thing is, of course, what the T-shirts, everybody wants T-shirts for, is Comic-Con. Everybody's ready to go to Comic-Con. We're ready to go to Comic-Con. I need a vacation. Like Dude, no more tomorrow. than you know, I need a I, vacation. Yeah, I'm precisely. so ready to get out to Diego, as I like to call it, and um, <laughs> <laughs> and just do my thing, man. I hear you. I hear you. Play a little jazz flute. There you know you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so that is really the stuff going on with us. We've still got the new website, the new forums, all that going on. I appreciate all the kind words about that. They were they were a lot of work that that went into those. It was a, a team effort on a bunch of different people's part to get that up last week before Arctic aired. Of course, the server crashed the day Arctic aired, which is the worst timing on Earth. But by the time uh, all the traffic stopped hitting around, you know, in the wee hours of the morning when everybody was trying to hit the website and we were able to get the episode up by 9 a.m. Friday morning. Uh, the server was back up. The website was uh, running at full capacity again, so we were very happy that the, at least the day after for our episode being up that everything was running smoothly and nominal. So The, the website looks outstanding. It's, I, haven't, it's I haven't had a chance to say that you know, on the podcast, but it does look amazing. Like, I just want to stare at it. Yeah, it's very pretty. It's like one of those 3D eye images. I keep thinking if I look at the fortress, something's going to pop out at me. Yeah. <laughs> and we put two new banners up yesterday. One of them is your chance, and this kind of this will spill over into our small little headlines. This is uh, a banner, one, for you to order uh, Season 7 on DVD through Amazon. Now, up until this morning, is like... Sunday night up until, uh, as of recording, this this is Thursday morning, uh, pre-orders quit on Amazon. I don't know why, 
but Blu-ray and standard DVD pre-orders for Smallville just just disappeared. They're like, we don't know when this will be available again, and I never could wow. get an answer on. Yeah, I don't know why it happened. Um, but as of this morning, they're back up. Forty-one ninety-nine for the standard DVD, fifty-two ninety-nine for the Blu-ray. You order it from our website. You can also click in the AAC right now. You will be supporting the House of L, so it's uh, so it's a good cause. But there's also a banner that stays at the top of the House of L's website that you can always click, and that goes to a standard definition uh, disc. But if you go to the Blu-ray from that page, you will still be supporting House of L. It doesn't have to be a direct link. The other banner is a news tip logo. If you have any kind of see anything around the internet, anything we don't have on the website, anything you haven't heard us mention on the show, click that button. That emails us directly with a subject line of a news tip, and you can let us know what's going emails on. Right in, emails right to our shoe newsroom, so we can get the news up to you quickly and swiftly I've and got, fastly. I've got ten people downstairs right now working frantically trying to get all the news to us. Actually, I'm alone in a room. You're but a anyway. slow driver. <laughs> You've got those ten people down in the pits. Please don't make us check email anymore. Salah! Salah! <laughs> oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. Well, so that is the, probably the big thing. Uh, there has been announced the date of that will be released September 9th, 2008. So that kind of gives you an idea of when Season 8 will begin, because usually that's a week to two weeks after the DVD release. So if we go off that, and September 9th is a Tuesday, Thursday would be, what, the, the 15th, the 17th? September 25th. No, I think that's a little bit too far off. Then September 18th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's better. At the extreme, that would be the two weeks off. But I, I'm assuming it'd probably be around the 18th. Right, that'd be a week and a half after the release of the yeah. DVD. Yeah, So, So, so uh, we're not saying that's definite, but that's usually how things run with the WB. October and 30th. October 30th is when you can expect Season 7. You heard it, Steve said it. Uh, so it must be true. It must um, be, because I never give false information on the podcast. Warner Brother, Warner Home Video has released a few details about some featurettes uh, regarding the Season 7 DVD set. Uh, one of them will be a featurette on Jimmy Olsen. One of them will be a featurette on Supergirl, or Kara in this case. There will also be all the Chronicles of Kara uh, Mobisodes that have been on the internet for the past, and your Sprint carriers. Mobisodes. Mobisodes. Put the wrong emphasis. Uh, so you can check those. If you haven't been able to see those because you don't have Sprint, they have been on YouTube and on the CW's website for a while now, but they will be available on the DVD set all probably just as one long episode, I would assume. I don't know if they'd split them up or not. Um, now, if you have If you have Sprint, you can watch them on your Mobile P-Home. Mm-hmm. So, my question is, and this wasn't a full press release, there was no mention of deleted scenes and or the two commentaries that we heard they were probably doing. Well, I mean, that could yet to be... Yeah, could yet to be announced. Yeah. But I, I'm interested in the Jimmy Olsen and the Supergirl feature, just because, not so much the Jimmy Olsen one, but if they do Supergirl up the way they did Green Arrow... That'd be a good that, one. Yeah, that Green Arrow mini doc they did on on season six was outstanding. That'd be a good one. Um, what I really, what I'm afraid of though is you remember around this time last year we knew they were. Well, I don't know about you. We knew that they were doing. Um, I knew they were doing a commentary on just. They they recorded part of a commentary for Justice, and didn't put it on the DVD. 
So now yeah, I'm I don't worried. Know what that's about? So now I'm worried that these two that they've said they're doing two commentaries, and now they're not going to do any again because you know there were none on the season six DVD, and that was a travesty. Yep. That Zod did not have one. That that um, well, there were so many that should have. Zod should have had one. Uh, Justice should have had one. Promise really should have had one. The, yeah, there was a. Season six had a lot of big stuff that really it would have been interesting to hear commentaries, particularly. I mean, I think Justice is the biggest one. Subterranean, Subterranean should have had a commentary. Subterranean on it. should have had like three multiple commentaries. Cast, Which we crew. made up for that with with our shoe two commentary on Subterranean. That should that should be on the Smallville season. <laughs> they should re-release the Smallville season six DVD just so our commentary of Subterranean. Well, should. and and just to edit um, the the big fan. Thing so I can be on it with you guys. I wouldn't uh, push your luck there, son. I, I'm not pushing anything. I'm no, just you saying. Kind of sound like you're pushing it a little bit. I'm just saying I need to make a public apology, another public apology, real quick. Um, Michael Cohen, who's a friend of the show, he sent us in the the pics from the set pics from Vancouver a couple of weeks ago. He uh, he just logged in, tried to talk to him on my Google Talk, and I signed right out so it wouldn't make noise. <laughs> what a huge jerk. So, so just want to apologize to you publicly, sir. Um, but I, I'm anxious to have the Season 7 DVD. If you haven't gotten a look at it yet, it's still down there in the AAC. Uh, it is kind of a bluish green. It's got um, Tom Welling on the cover and Laura Vandervoort inside the fortress. It is a photo manipulation of Tom Welling um, because that is... You know what that actually is, I think? You, you think it's... Um... Alan Rickson's body, don't no, you? No, 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 no. I think it's Tom's body from, like, season two or three. Mm. Yeah, he does look a lot thinner. But it's his head from this past season. Yeah, it... Which is uh, creepy in The itself. pictures we've had online, it looks like a bad Photoshop. Now, that is Vandervoort. Yes. Because that was the actual press release photo that yep. she did after she yep. got hired, but... Fifty five ninety five for the Blu ray. I'm sorry, I said fifty two ninety five. So forty one ninety nine for your season seven standard DVD. Fifty five ninety five for your Blu ray. Great price for for uh, both of those. That's actually really good for the Blu ray. Uh, can't wait to see. I see it's still going to be six discs, even though there is two less episodes on it, which is fine. Uh, it's which means there should be more spe- features. Which means There's there should be a gag features. reel for, room my, for the commentary. Which means there should be a gag reel for Michael Rosenbaum's last season. That'd be great, but not gonna happen. That would be that would be hilarious. Not gonna happen, apparently. I, you know why do they stop doing the gag reels? Because those were some of the fun, the bigger moments that people liked off of season two. And I season don't know. Three. We've never seen a gag reel with Erica Durant, with Aaron Ashmore. You know, you've got all these people now. There, there had to have been a gag reel from the episode Rosenbaum directed in season six. Freak. I listen. Uh, anytime Rosenbaum's on the set, there's a gag reel. I agree. I'm sorry. He is one of the funniest guys. But think about all the outtakes with him and Glover together, and then realize that this was both their last season, and there's not a gag reel. I wonder. It hurts me. <laughs> it does. It does hurt. It does. I love on the on the season two commentary when they're talking about the guy who played Doctor Walden. Yeah, and Rosenbaum just keeps laughing so much yes. at the guy because like, and then and then on the gag reel you see him every time he looks at the guy he's like I can't. I just look I at him and I laugh. Him. <laughs> You're talking about uh, Rosetta. 
Yeah, um, yeah. The funniest part of that one is, and I, I if you, none of you have, if you have the season two DVD and you have never gone to listen to the Rosetta uh, commentary, it's Michael and Kristen and Tom on it, and um, and really Kristen never says much at all. No, but Tom and Michael do say a lot. But Tom and Michael are back and forth, and it's hilarious. But you know the part at the beginning in the teaser where um, Clark's dreaming that he's putting the key in and then he wakes up in the highway and Lex almost runs him over. Yeah. You know, he pulls up right in front yeah. of him. If, I don't know if they planned this or not. I don't, if not, that this worked perfectly. They all start talking at the same time and you can't understand what any of them are saying as Tom wakes up in on the road. Like all three of them start talking right, right. at the same time. And then the car pulls up and the instant it, it gets like an inch from Clark's face, they all stop talking and scream at the exact same time. They go, whoa, yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. So. And and Tom and Michael both slip into a little Christopher Walken. Yeah, they do. During the commentary. So. I mean, it is just, I mean, if you could get those two to do a commentary for any episode, you know, those guys together, um, are hilarious. Michael Rosenbaum is going to be sorely missed. I know it. I know it. So, 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 and the other big Smallville news after the DVD uh, coming out is, of course, the official announcement that Laura Vandervoort will not be returning for season eight. And then we did speculate this on the show because it was uh, released when the when the new cast was released, and even when Allison Mack said she was coming back, it was still being said that Vandervoort was not going to return and now it has come out that she will not be returning that she was not asked to return actually that uh, her her character of Kara will be left in limbo in the phantom zone uh, well now i read somewhere where they said she may be back for one or two to yeah 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 she 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 she's really hoping that she'll get asked for back yeah. for one or two um and it just kind of because i mean and i said it in the episode with tucker last time it, it clark's got to deduce of where she is you know Brainiac, he you know he said he didn't kill her, so right. I mean, it's got to kind of be thought about where she is. I mean, he's got to have it in the back of his mind, but I don't know. So it, interesting to see how that will all take place. I think she will be missed. I think she, her, I really enjoyed her character this season. I thought she brought a lot to the show early on. You know, in like in uh, Bizarro and Kara. I really enjoyed her, and then kind of from Fierce onwards, she was just. Kind of like Lois was in seasons four. She was just a vehicle. She wasn't really a a jumping off point for anything. And then when it and then when it came down to the end of the season, when you got down to to Veritas and, and Traveler and all that, it was really you know yeah, it got very ramped got, up. Yeah, that. yeah, and and yeah. she was definitely needed. And I really liked the character, and I think that that could still be used in season eight, but. Apparently they didn't think so, and she's going to do some films, Laura is, so that's all well and good, uh, but she will be missed uh, as well. I, I, I hate to think all these people leaving, so that's another person not going to be on the uh, credits when we come back in, in the fall. Basically, we're going to have four people on the opening credits. Well, I assume whoever the... Tom, Allison, Aaron, and, Lo- and Erica. Yeah, well, I assume that they will be... Uh, putting these two new people in the the davis bloom so character. excited about that um i yeah i mean don't you think i mean they're trying to yeah i mean those apparently those two are going to be regulars yeah on, on the like season so how jensen ackles was in season four you know he got put yeah in the, yeah so yeah, i, I would see that being the way that happens 
Um, Whitney, Eric Fordman in season one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I would look for Davis for the character of Davis Bloom and the character of Tess, whoever they are cast. Um, whoever, yeah, I can't talk today. Whoever plays those characters will be in the opening credits to at least because I mean you, we're losing Rosenbaum, we're losing Glover, and we're losing Vandervoort, so that's three. So. Uh, yes, definitely the opening credits for season seven will be different. All new scenes. I assume Rosenbaum probably won't, and Glover won't be in any of the scenes they show. The opening creds. Uh, which I hate, because, you know, that last shot of Rosenbaum, I think, would look really good in the, the with the fortress coming down. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that would look well, really they, good. Well, you know, they may. I they mean, might. They're just not too keen on showing, you know, Schneider right, or Annette yeah. or anybody after they're not on the show anymore, so. But they could. For all we know, so I don't potential. Know. Well, sir, uh, it has been a week, a week to the day since Arthur. It aired. has been a week to the day at the time of this recording, and you sorely missed out last Thursday night. Tucker and I had a good, good long discussion. We did not mean for it to go that long, but it turned into something that everybody seemed to enjoy. Uh, and uh, we we definitely hashed out a bunch of stuff on the, on the episode, but there was some stuff you wanted to talk about, some stuff that we didn't cover. And uh, there was a, even one huge thing that I didn't even think about till after we hit stop on the recording that Tucker and I had talked about while watching Arctic. And then I see you have that here on the list to talk about today as well. So I'm going to let you start off with wherever you would like to begin. I have no idea where to begin. I guess, um, you know, first off, I enjoyed this episode immensely. I enjoyed it as a season finale. Um, there were a lot of things that were tied up, you know, it, it didn't leave too many dangling questions at all, but, um, but, you know, th- there was, there was the huge kind of cliffhanger there, you know, with the destruction of the fortress, um, granted there was no to be continued, which I know that's what you're talking about. It's on the list of things to talk about. Extremely. I don't understand why that would, and I, you know, honestly, I think they just might have forgotten. Well, you were telling me that post-production was rushed, like they had just started the uh, the effect shots for the fortress destruction like Tuesday before, or like the Monday well, before it I, aired? Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum was still shooting the weekend before the episode aired. Wow. That, that was when yeah. he finished up. Yeah, so, so I mean, amazing. you know, to do post-production the way they did in less than a week is huge. And so I can imagine being a little rushed, you'd forget to put the uh, to-be-continued title card in there. <laughs> Which, you know. But everybody was kind of like, what? What does that mean? Not, I no know, I know. It freaked me out a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I was sitting there, and I'm like, wait, to-be-continued. Show to-be-continued. You know, and they never did. But, um. Well, you know, I mean, it gets quiet. That's like the most quiet It really, ever. yeah. with the with usually the there's blowing. some... There's some ramped up music, but then you see that seam, cl- like the earth close, and then, it, you know, executive producer. I was like, what? Yeah, it was weird. It was weird knowing it was a season finale, and then to have that, you know, um, I, I thought it was, I thought it was really, really good. I thought it was a great episode. There was just so many great moments in it. You know, you start out in the beginning with the whole, uh, the whole um, Robert Edward Teague situation. You know, and mm-hmm. and Laura Vandervoort, and we talked about this, and I can't remember if you and Tucker specifically talked about this or not. Laura Vandervoort did a great job of channeling James Marsters, um, especially in that scene. Her voice inflection, the way she was carrying herself, the way she would word things 
was just so much. I mean, you could tell from that moment that this is not Kara. This is Brainiac, just because she did such a great job of acting the part of Brainiac, you know. And so, um, so you ramp it. You start out with that. The, the whole tail end of the thing busting out. She just you know flying away, and uh, and you go from there into just what was just you could not catch a breath the entire episode. You know, with the exception of maybe some of the Lois and Jimmy stuff, which I called it <laughs> Lois and Jimmy, part yeah. of a plot line that doesn't really matter in the season finale. <laughs> you know, I, at a certain point, I don't think there's even calling that anymore. It's, it's just, just kind of, kind of a, it's just kind of a given. It's kind of a given. Um, you know, uh, however, I like how I like how they just how, stretched in that Ace of yes. Clubs set. Just for everybody to see, one and everyone's time. making a big deal that uh, Lois said "epic, epic happy hour." Well, yeah, I didn't even. Was talk that about a shout that out to Derek? I, I do too, but seriously. still, you can say it was. Just say it was, man. That's shout what out I'm talking about right there. Derek getting shout outs on Smallville left and right. You got Mole into an episode last season, so why not a shout out this season? That's I'm with right. you, buddy. Um. I will say this, you know, for much as for Jimmy's story to be as, I don't want to say unimportant, but just kind of peripheral as it was, there was some great Lois and Clark stuff in this episode. And you guys talked about it. And I want to echo what Tucker said. Man tears, my friend. Um, as And I know I'm jumping around here and I apologize. But as Clark was watching Lana's breakup video that she is so good at doing, uh, and he just begins to cry when Lois comes in. I, I don't know. Kristen did an outstanding job there. Tom Welling did an outstanding job there. And then for Eric Redrance to come in and just push you over the top. I mean, it really did. I was I was choking up. I was getting choked up in that scene. And uh, it just, it hurt. It hurt. So, mm-hmm. um, but I do, I echo what Tucker said there. Um, what else? Oh, my gosh. Dude, Tom Welling in this episode was just phenomenal. Phenomenal. He really was. How did I know? I you guess were that's say my that? word. I guess that's my epic. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you're hard to stomach, that's and right. I'm inept. So. <laughs> and welcome to what is it? Hard to listen to. A chore to listen to. A chore to listen to. Yeah. Um, no, the my favorite scene in the whole thing though had to be when Clark was at Chloe's bedside after Brainiac had. Um, you know, messed with her, mm-hmm. and uh, and her eyes flash open. You know, and their cataract over, and Clark looks up and sees that, and like all of his sorrow, and all of his guilt. You know, for her being harmed, and all of this stuff that's going on in his mind, it just completely turns into anger, like only Superman can muster. And you know, he just says "brainiac" and takes off after him. And I was like, "Oh my!" I I cheered like I was in my living room by myself and I stood up and I cheered and I'm like, you go get him," because it's just other, you know, the only thing that could have made that even more was if his eyes would have just flashed with heat vision for a second. Like they do sometimes in the comics when he gets angry, mm-hmm. you know, that's the only thing that could have made that moment uh, any better. It was just so outstanding. Then his fight with Brainiac was great. You know, just it was fast, it was quick, but it was, you know, he was done with Brainiac. It's like I'm, I'm through putting up with you, pal. And, uh, and because it's Brainiac, there's still a chance he could come back. I did love that. It was, you know, 
because Brainiac really called his bluff. He was like, you you can't kill in cold blood. You can't kill a man in cold blood. And he was like, well, well, bitch, you're not a man. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly in those words, but that's what he said. I like that in my own commentary. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I go back and watch. We got to do a shoot too for Arctic. I go, when it I, comes go out. I go. We could. We like it. This is something that's been said that we MST3K episodes, which would yeah, be yeah. a huge undertaking. But I think it would be really fun too. But yeah, I go back and watch a second time and, and mute it and say my own thing. <laughs> Just put in your own commentary or your own dialogue. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that moment, because I was sitting there thinking, he's like, you can't kill in cold blood, you can't, and I'm like, Clark, he's not a person. I was, I, I mean, I was so wrapped into it. I was like, Clark, it's not a person. You can take him out. He's not a person. And, you know, and then Clark, you're not a man. I'm like, no, you're not a man. <laughs> take him out. And uh, it was just, I was, I was so into it, dude. And um, and then you don't even come to a shoe. I know, I know. You went and well, saw Iron Man. I did not go see Iron Man. <laughs> I did not go see Iron Man. All right, I believe you. I believe you. Well, there was some other really cool stuff, too. What did you think about I, I love that they did show Kara in the Phantom Zone. Yes, um, yeah. Yes, yeah. Around. The only thing that would have made that better is if they had actually filmed her you know, with, with the blue, but I understand now why they didn't do that. There was no sense in going to that much trouble. With, oh, sure, with, yeah. You know, her not being there. Now, if they had filmed more for the opening, that would have made sense. But well, you know, I do hold out hope that they'll they'll try to somehow get that resolved at some point next season. Surely they will. I mean that that would make. I mean that could even make a great two or three episode story arc. You know, if they if they put off till you know mid season. And then finally Clark realizes, oh my gosh, she's in the Phantom Zone. Because Clark could, even though, you know, Brainiac said she's alive, you know, I mean, he could think, well, she's just going into hiding or something, you know, and not, I don't know. I mean, there's a million reasons why Clark may not go looking for her, you know. And then for maybe something to happen where he's like, oh my gosh, she's in the Phantom Zone. And then, you know, take two or three episodes to to resolve that. I think that could work out very well and be very cool. Well, and it may come to a a standpoint where... The fortress doesn't come back for half the season, and when it does come back, and Jor-El comes back to full power, he's like, you know, Brainiac put her in the Phantom Zone. Just that casually, too. Yeah. I'd love to hear Terrence Stamp say it that way. <laughs> hey, um, I'd love to hear Terrence Stamp go, you know, Brainiac put her in the Phantom Zone. <laughs> Clark and Clark, get out! No, no way! <laughs> Are you serious, Dad? Dad, are you crapping me? Have you Come ever on. seen the um, the SNL sketch with Hugh Jackman where he's Superman? No. How have you not? Okay, I'm sending you that when we get off the phone. It's, it's Hugh Jackman as Superman, and he goes to the it's when he when the fortress first builds from the first film, and that's a that's hard to say that many F's in one sentence. And he uh, he goes to the fortress, and he walks, and he goes, finally, all the secrets of my world will be unlocked unto me and I can finally embrace who I am and he takes one of the crystals and puts it in the console <laughs> and it's Will Ferrell as Jor-El <laughs> <laughs> with the total Marlon Brando hair like totally and oh my god how have I missed I that know. how it's have I not seen that Kal-El my son you know welcome to your fortress of solitude T- together we will unlock all the answers to your destiny and then there's just this really long, awkward pause of them staring at each other, and Will Ferrell goes, so what's up? 
and it turns into like a long distance call from a son to his dad and they have nothing to talk about <laughs> so what's going on <laughs> your mother wants to say something to you <laughs> pretty good if nobody's ever i hope it's got to be on youtube or myspace or uh, something. yeah i've not i cannot believe i missed that one it's, that's hilarious and then you know hugh jackman in the suit with the curl hair is pretty funny too so well, let's let's talk about the destruction of the fortress real quick. You and you and Tucker touched on this a little bit last week. Um, I think we touched on it a lot of bit. Yeah, I mean, y'all y'all talk pretty in depth about it. Uh, I didn't. I'll be honest with you. I haven't had a chance to finish listening up to the show from last I week. I doubt you've listened to any of it. Don't lie. To the no, nice I listened people. to. I listened to about. I've gotten through about half of uh-huh. it. So, um, you're convinced the fortress will be back. Yes. And you think you think that'll happen before like the series finale? Yeah. Okay. You're not because in because in my mind I could see that now being a great finale to the whole series. Uh, no, I, I completely agree with you there. You know, completely. And, but with Doomsday coming and all this other stuff, I think we need a fortress. Well, I think just because it's Superman, you need a fortress. Yeah. So I I do I mean I do agree I know that Tucker mentioned and you got you both mentioned that it was not it's not necessarily that the whole thing was destroyed even though you saw bits and pieces flying off you know it basically sunk back down into the ground the earth swallowed it up yeah yeah like yeah like it's a Twinkie or something you're not going to give me anything on the Twinkie I got nothing sir okay all right well dang um. So yeah, I mean, I, I do expect to see it back. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see what happens with the Omega Hedron and everything. <laughs> Why do I start laughing? Why do you laugh when I say it? But like you say it with a total straight face. I know. I don't know why. I think it's because the day we came up with it, we were just. And we actually have an email about it, and they call it the Omega Hedron, and I think it's because nice. they don't know, and I, we need to. Would you? Someone sent you a picture. Did they Photoshop your face into? A, yeah, Supergirl yeah, scene. That, that was our buddy Tyler did that. I guess I'll put it in the AAC right now. It's Dude, funny. You've got to because that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. It was pretty funny. It cheered me up yesterday. We, I was having a rotten day yesterday, and that gave me a pretty good laugh. But yeah, that was funny. So that's that's um, me in the transport holding the Omega Hedron from Supergirl a- <laughs> the movie. That's. Yeah, which the geek in me wants to say, but the, you know she never had the Omega Hedron when she was in the transport. But the kid in me loves <laughs> the kid in me. <laughs> um, so anyhow, back to Arctic Part Two, Lex and Clark, man. Uh, and again, this is something you guys I know talked about a lot. Was the the final scene with Lex and Clark, mm-hmm. and um, and I, you know. On one hand, I was just like, you know, I guess I knew it was coming. Of course, we, we kind of knew it was coming based on, you know, shots in the previews. And because, you know, we hold stuff over people's head, the listeners' heads, where we say we know stuff that you don't know and that kind of thing. You're and, such um, a jerk. But, <laughs> but uh, it was still, that was still such a huge, huge moment. And um, and they did they did a great job of making you kind of feel like the episode was over because Jimmy had his nice little time with Chloe, you know, and then all of a sudden she gets arrested, uh, and then he comes running to the barn. I do kind of agree. There were a bunch of emails where everybody was like, it was 7.56 and, and Jimmy was proposing to Chloe. I was like, what the crap? Yeah, you know. it was, yeah, it was, 
it, it all happened late in the show. I did, I guess I did expect more of Clark and Lex in the Fortress. I don't know why I expected. You know, more. I mean, they set it up as the final showdown and all this stuff. So I don't know if you everybody expected a fight. Um, everybody, it, I mean, there's there's problems with it from across the board because people are like, well, why didn't he just knock the Omega Hedron out of? Lex's hand before Lex put it in the console, and I want to be like, "Well, did you notice when he tried to get near it, it went, you know, it started glowing heavily, as in don't get near me, you know?" So he couldn't get near the thing. Then everybody's like, "Well, why didn't he use heat vision and knock it out of Lex's hand?" Well, there's a thousand times that could be done in the comics and, and argued about why people, you know, don't do that kind of stuff. I still think heat vision would have had a nasty effect on that thing. Well, I think I think Heat Vision would have probably had a nasty effect on Clark trying to use Heat Vision on the thing. Yeah, you remember in uh, in Whisper when he when he shoots the Heat Vision off and it bounces off those kryptonite earrings. Yeah, that's that's always led me to ask the question though: Why did it turn black? And when he shot Heat Vision at it in Onyx, yeah, Lex's ring, yeah. but. But I just I don't know I mean I don't think that that was necessarily black kryptonite I think it was no I don't else think it was and, and Tucker seems to think it was I think that it might have been some kind of I wouldn't have been surprised if it was some kind of black kryptonite inside of it now the whole thing was not black kryptonite obviously I think it was just some kind of piece of technology um, I don't know why it was there who created it I, I doubt that Jor El would have made something like that and left it on Earth Well I know I mean you it's know? I mean Robert. Uh, Teague says, uh, I mean, Edward Teague, <laughs> Robert Picardo. I keep wanting to call him Robert Robert Teague Picardo, too, Edward Teague, yeah. <laughs> says that, you know, the doctor said. Jor-El being a man of science sent that along, knowing that, you know, in case, I mean, it was like a plan B. Yeah. Well, then, you know, in that case, it's, it's Kryptonian technology. And, and what in the way that when Lex had the little S-shield with the raised little ridges on it, you know, mm-hmm. And it just kind of popped itself in there, mm-hmm. um, you know. Th- there was there's much that's much more of a machine than it is just a piece of rock, right? And uh, and though it maybe may have like you said some kryptonite of some sort down in there, I don't think that's it. And I think that's why, you know, it was able. That's why Brainiac couldn't touch it, right? You know, I mean, th- it was more than just. Uh, just kryptonite, because Brainiac can handle kryptonite, no problem. Oh, I know, I know. And so, uh, well, that was the whole thing about it. It had to be used by a human, by human hands. Right. Right. And so I think that, I think that with Clark, you know, had he shot heat vision at it, it could have been bad. Exactly. It could have could have blown his brain up. I, I mean, it could have instead of just the fortress disappearing and them disappearing with it, it could have blown everything to Kingdom Come. Right. So. And so I think, you know, I think in one hand Clark was trying to be safe, you know, not really knowing what he was dealing with there. Exactly. Yeah, he didn't know what that thing was. That was the first time he had seen it. It had really, other than knowing that something could control him, that was the first time he had really known, you know, anything about it other than what Edward Teague had told him. So it was very much a cautionary kind of thing, especially in the hands of somebody like Lex Luthor because he didn't know what Lex might have done with it. I mean, Lex could have chunked it at him. And he could have run away like a schoolgirl. <laughs> <coughs> Pulled a Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. I say that to all my Tom Welling fans out there. Um, I, you know, my, I guess my thing is, is I expected, I knew the fortress was going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that was going down. 
based on what we had talked about and, and some images we'd seen and that kind of thing. But I guess I expected, when you talk about controlling the traveler, I really expect there to be more done to control the traveler. Well, I think there's still that uh, gray area there of, is, is that what was supposed to happen? Was the fortress supposed to crumble in controlling the traveler? Was that something Jor-El did so nobody can get you know the secrets of Krypton so no, so no human could be able to do that? Um, is it easier just if somebody's going to control the, tra- the traveler that if he's already in pain? I mean, Clark was paralyzed there on the ground. Yes. You know, it, yeah. I mean, it happened in his brain. He couldn't move. He couldn't talk. So is it easier just to, if he's already suffering and possibly dying right there? I mean, it wasn't like when Kryptonite hits him. It wasn't just writhing pain where he could still talk. He can still move. I mean, he was like a vegetable almost, you know, other than still being able to blink and obviously well, hear. And- and we know that Jarrell, or whatever is Jarrell, you know, in the fortress, is able to do things to Clark. Um, you know, this he had him trapped this season. You know, there's been several other things go on. Uh, we know that he knows who Lex Luthor is. Right. You know, you almost wonder if because it was Luthor who brought that, that Jarrell just shut everything down. Period. Right. To do away with Lex. I like that because there's about nine different ways that could go. It's not just. Oh, the fortress will be rebuilt and Clark will come out of the snow. I mean, they 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 disappeared, you know. So I, I like that there's about nine different possibilities for why the fortress, you know, went belly under all this stuff. Yeah, I, it's you know, it, we may not I'm, get I'm we may not get an exact see. answer of why those things went down the way they did, but at least we'll we'll know when everything shows back up. We'll know what happened. Yeah, I think we'll be able to figure out why based on the way Clark comes back. Yeah. You know, I think it's safe to assume Lex is dead. I think it's safe to assume Lex will be missing. Yes. I, 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 um, say, I would say it's more safe to assume that, that Lex Luthor will be missing. Well, he, yeah, of course. Yeah. He's buried under the snee. You think? Yeah, I think something. Okay. You think a lot of things. <laughs> now, did Lex know that he would sacrifice himself? Well, that's what Tucker. That was the big thing: is whether or not we talked about. It. And Tucker made the argument that when he was sitting on the plane with with the Omega Hedron in his lap in that briefcase, and him saying, "This is all I need," it was kind of like, "This is this is what my destiny is." And, you know, he's, and he tells Clark, "This is my birthright." When he's standing in the fortress, he was kind of saying, "This is what." I'm supposed to do. He said, my, and you know, he, Craniac basically says, you're supposed to kill the traveler. So it's kind of like, if it's my destiny to kill the traveler and I'm supposed to go with him, well, that was my destiny. In his own mind. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's not the truth. I mean, you know, Brainiac yeah, was lying I, you know, to get him to kill Kal-El, but. I don't think that Lex thought he would be in any mortal danger. I don't know. I really I don't. I still think, and I said it in the show, I still think that if, huge icy fortress was falling down on me i'd make a run for it i i agree with that but also you've got to think of what lex said when he talked about when the guy was talking about well we've had several teams go up and down and we've called back he was convinced that little thing would protect him you know Maybe. i mean you think about what i don't i, you, I well, still I, think, you think about what lex has seen I still, you think about what lex, i still think that the way it went down the way he picked clark up and held him as everything came down around him i think that that was the sign that he knew he was going to have to sacrifice himself to destroy the traveler. It wasn't about control. It just, wasn't about controlling the traveler. It was about destroying him. 
Yeah, it did. I know it got to be about. It was about controlling him, but then after he talked to you know Craniac, it was very much kill kill the traveler, kill the boy. I just I I have I have a hard time buying into that at this point. Lex is that selfless. Um, it is hard to see that turnaround after just four episodes ago. We saw how evil he could become, but right. then again, well, how evil he had become. Yeah, but he's so warped now that it could go either way. It's still well, and it's that's still why completely. I think, evil. That's why I think. I mean, you based on what Lex has seen, you know, he's seen. Um, well, back in the what what was the name of the episode that Schneider directed? Talisman. There? Talisman. You know, he saw that the possessor of that knife, which you know now he realizes this alien stuff, had these. You know, was not invincible. Right. You know, he was. You know, he had all these. So I think it stands to reason that he thought once he got to the appropriate location with this thing, that that this thing would give him some type of protection. Perhaps. And, um, you know, so obviously it did not. I, I just think that if he had really thought that he was going to get out of there alive, he would have tried to get out of there alive. I, I don't know. I, just, I, I think he kind of knew what was going on, and he accepted it there at the end. Not saying he's dead, but saying that, you know, the way he right. looked up, the way he saw everything coming down, the way he was holding Clark, kind of, this is the way it began on the bridge, this is the way it's going to end for the for the two of them. Yeah. I mean, it, that might have dawned on him at the last minute, but I don't think he went in there. You don't think he went in knowing he was going to have to sacrifice himself? Yeah. I don't, I don't, think I don't okay, the there we can, there we can agree, because I really don't think that either, and I said that on the show last time, I don't, uh, I don't think that that was a... a where he was heading the whole time. You know, and if nothing else, I think he just resolved himself to, well, I guess I'm screwed more than I, what I do now. I do for the sake of Clark and the earth and all this. You know, I don't I don't think Lex would ever look at it and say, well, I'm sacrificing myself for the greater good. I think that Lex just looked up and said, well, I'm screwed, so I might as well, you know. I would have enjoyed seeing a helicopter sitting outside the fortress a la Superman Returns. Yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah. I, you know, they cut out the whole him approaching the fortress that we saw well, in some of the previews. time differences had to change that. Sure, and, yeah. yeah. That was the ending to Veritas, as we said, so different things, different Yeah, things. I mean, I understand why they did it. I'm just saying. Well, is that, is that pretty much what you wanted to hit on, sir? That's that's what I'm thinking of. That's all I can think of today. That's good. We, I mean, we, we I will say this. To talk about it. <laughs> that's true. I will say this as a reaction to Arctic. It was not my favorite... Uh, Season finale ever. Mm-hmm. I can understand. I don't that. feel like it, I don't feel like it was the best season finale ever. However, it was great. It was a really good episode. Really good season finale. I and I said last time. I think it was the biggest ending ever, though. Oh yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. But on, on but on the level of everybody being in peril, um, the world coming to an end, that kind of thing. I mean, if you want to if you want to go by that, I would still say probably Vessel was the biggest you know, world coming to an end, kind of everybody screwed kind of finale. Um, well, as far as our characters go, I mean, you know, the, the thing about Smallville is it's always been a character-driven show. Yeah. And, you know, at the end of Vessel, it seemed very out of place to have such huge events. It was it was very much Superman more than, than our right. Smallville characters. I, right. My, my and favorite. this brings it back down. This, this has brought it back down to a character level of, you know, happenings that, you know, that need to... That are that need to be resolved. Chloe arrested. You know, the Clark and Lex's fate in the air. 
It's just, I, it, it was huge. And, I mean, the, the situation with the Fortress is so big. I think this is one of the bigger times. Uh, it just wasn't my favorite. No, I, yeah, I, I, my favorite's still Covenant. I agree with that. Season three is still your favorite. It's one of my, yeah, I guess. I'd, I'd have to go back and, I haven't put a lot of thought into it. But um, but that is one of the ones that just stick out. I think out. Commencement could have been, but they really, um, to have as much time as they had in that episode, there was a lot of downtime, and I think they could have they yeah. could have sped things yep. up a little bit faster and, and made some more cool things. I, I really didn't like the counter, the 24 counter in Commencement. Yeah, that, and it never made any sense. Yeah. Because by the time it got to zero, it's like it was kind of anticlimactic. Yeah, extremely. So I, I really didn't... Uh, I think that, but that definitely had the potential to be one of my favorites, but it it, it didn't turn out that way. Co- yeah, Covenant's still still my favorite, very much so. So we have some emails to read. And, Indeed, we do. And you want to start us off, sir? You have a few. I have uh, a few. Yeah, let me let me do that. This is um, from Vincent. If it'll open, what's going on here? I don't know. I'll read one while that opens. This is okay. from Ethan. Ethan says, "Hey guys, just wanted to give you guys a shout out about Arctic." I can truly say it is the best season finale ever. I loved all the action and the death of Brainiac. Uh, when Clark and Lana broke up, I'm not going to lie, I cried a little bit. When Jimmy proposed, I gasped along with every other person in the room. And uh, I think You gasped, gasped or gagged, Ethan? Gasped, I gagged. Uh, just wanted to give you a shout out about the great new things happening at SHU. By the way, I want both of you at SHU to know I appreciate everything you do and I love the show. Thank you for that, Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Sheriff. Sheriff, Sheriff Ethan. Ethan. Hope you're enjoying your time in jail. Um, season two reference. Did yours open? Yeah, yeah. This is from Vincent. Uh, Vincent says he asked some questions for us to talk okay. about. He says, "Why does Kara collapse? I wonder if that's related somehow to Brainiac's survival of the explosion of Krypton." That brings us to the big question: How does Brainiac survive the explosion? Does he possess Kara and thereby procure his safe travels? At what point does she go into the Phantom Zone? That's what I want to know, and that'll probably make it all make sense. Go, Steve. Derek? Hit it. Um, let's see. Why does Kara collapse? I don't know, unless it was Brainiac inside of I her. think Brainiac, uh, I think her collapsing is really was only really to show us that something was wrong. I don't think there's, I don't, I mean, because there's no real explanation for why she did. I mean, that could have been the change right then, but why it wouldn't have changed instantly, I I don't really know why he wouldn't have automatically... I mean, obviously, Clark had it right. She never left Krypton. Um, to a degree. Yeah, to a de- think- all of her didn't ne- never left Krypton because Brainiac was somewhere inside of her because that scene at the end of Apocalypse where they're talking is still very weird between the two yeah, of them. Yeah, I mean, the, it's... Um, it's kind of Catch-22. I, I just... Yeah, I think the, I think the, the question he asked that would make everything make sense is when... At what point was Kara put in the Phantom Zone? I guess fully would be when she collapsed. Is that what you would say? I don't know. I mean, I I need you to explain that a little bit. I just think Brainiac was kind of a leech on her at the end of Apocalypse when they left Krypton, okay. and then yeah, and then when she was alone, he sent her to the Phantom Zone and took over. I could see that. I could totally see that. Um, I mean, that's the best explanation I can provide unless one has come up and, or somebody's got a different one. I would say that that Kara and Brainiac coexisted there for a little while. She didn't know anything was wrong. 
Yeah, you know, because it, he, he definitely, it was definitely her on Krypton because Brainiac would not have let Clark send Kal-El right. away. Um, that, you know... I mean, when he was to, laughing is when he bleached on. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, it was when he, you know, put a little of himself yeah. on her, in her, whatever. But, um... But beyond that point, I don't, you know, I guess it would be at some point after she collapsed that she was pinned into the Phantom yeah. Zone. I would, I would say that was definitely when that went down. I don't know. Good email, though, Vincent. We really don't have the answer to that completely. I think, I like I say, I think her collapsing was more just a sign to us that was just their way of going, yeah, something isn't right, <laughs> obviously. Something's not right. Uh, we've got here one from, we got a lot of Chris's that listen to the house. Well, this one's from Chris, uh, Chris in Long Beach. Chris says, will the previous seasons be released on Blu-ray? Any thoughts? There was an announcement probably going to happen by the end of the summer that seasons one through four were going to be released in HD um, through Warner Home Video, um, and now that HD is defunct, I would say by the time season seven DVD hits, we'll at least have some sort of announcement on when seasons one through four, uh, five is not on Blu-ray either, when seasons one through five will hit Blu-ray, because season six already is, and season seven will be released in September, so... Maybe by Christmas, all all of Smallville will be available in high def. Don't know the exact answer to that, but I'm going to venture a guess and say by the end of the year they'll start working backwards. Uh, definitely a good time to do that over the summer. So, thanks for that, Chris. Uh, we got one from another Chris, and this Chris is from Fontana, California. He says, "I just wanted to stop by and tell you how much I enjoy your show. I've been listening to you guys for a good while now, and I enjoy every minute of it. I was never really into Superman growing up." but Smallville and your show has made a fan out of me. I've learned so much about the Superman mythology from you guys and when Chuck was doing his show. So I wanted to thank you guys for that. I've been meaning to email you guys for months now with a question I had about a character or character's names in the Superman world. Uh, this season, when Kara was brought into the show, they said her full name was Kara Zor-El. My question is, why isn't Clark's Kryptonian name Cal Jor-El? Is it just the females that take their father's full name as their last name? Uh, anyway, thanks for the great podcast. Have a good one, Chris. Thank you, Chris, for Derek, the kind words. This is this is going to be more in your line of expertise because I've never thought about it, and he brings up a good point. Why isn't it Cal The Durrell? only way I know how to go off of that is because of uh, Clark's or Cal's mom, Laura, and her taking on Laura Lorvan, which is... Lord Van was her father, so it has to be something of the female lineage taking something down from their, because they don't take their husband's names, so it's not right. Laura Lord Van L, it's Laura Lord Van even when she marries Jor-El, okay. so it, it, it will always be, for that Kara, it will always be Kara Zor-El, but it's very much taking their father's names and putting and adding it on as a surname. Okay. So... So it's a feminine sense. thing. I, that's my opinion. Now, I don't, All right. I, that the may... only the only thing I would disagree with you. The only thing I'd bring up on that is this. Uh, I thought Laura was Laura L. I, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Not in not in uh, like Silver Age and stuff. Now, okay. If, if they've done these, you know, like Crisis on Infinite Earths and stuff, I don't know how it. I'm, I'm kind of even wicking this as we talk. Um, All right. Now, now I am. Now that first part was my, my. I mean, I don't disagree with you because I honestly don't know. 
that's the way. Anytime anybody's ever presented that question to me, that's how I answer it because she okay. is Laura Laura Van, and she is from the lineage of of the Van, the House of Van. I would really take that to mean that. And now then, and there's more people that that read more comics out there than I do. So if, you, if there's somebody else has a better explanation for this, please email it in, and, and we'll definitely admit we're wrong. But I, uh, Laura is usually referred to only by her first name. Most depictions of Kryptonian culture show that the females use their father's full name as their last names before marriage, and usually just use their first names after marriage. Thus, Laura Lore Van was Laura's full maiden name, and as Lore Van is the name of Laura's father. So yeah, that was my. Taking okay. on the matter. All wow, right. I got something right. Look at you, buddy. That rarely happens. No, that happens all the time. Well, thank you for that, from Chris from Fontana. Fontana. What is Fon- oh, from Anch- is another Anchorman throwback. Brian. Brian. Oh, Fantana. Brian Fantana. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I'm Brian Fantana. You play your cards right. You ladies may get to meet the whole group. Uh, this one's from <laughs> Becky. <laughs> Becky says, hey guys, love the podcast. I'm a fairly fresh Superman fan. I've always loved the character, but really started getting into it in the past couple of years. And you guys shed light on the many things that I don't understand when I watch the episode. I appreciate everything you do. My question is this, though. I'm a little confused about the Omega Hedron and what exactly it does. <laughs> Did I miss something? Is there something in the mythology about the Omega Hedron? Thanks, Becky. Steve, hit it. Well, the Omega Hedron or Omega Hedron, depending on how you want to say it, is an item from the movie Supergirl from back in the 80s. And basically what it was was a power source that powered Argo City. Now, in the original comics, pre-Crisis this is, um, which all you geeks know what I'm talking about, Supergirl came from a chunk of Krypton, from a city that had blown off of Krypton and remained intact and had an air bubble around it named Argo City. Um, in, in more recent incarnations, she's come from Kandor. Um, but in the Supergirl movie, she was in Argo City, and this was the power source. And uh, one of the artists there was using it to bring his creations to life, and it and it got it got sucked away. They were in this place called Inner Space, and it got sucked away. And the whole reason that Kara comes to Earth is to find the Omega Hadron, and um, or the Omega Hadron when. Um, and, you know, and so there's a run-in with a bad guy. Of course, a villain gets it. Faye Dunaway is the villain gets the thing. And so when I saw that orb uh, in Lex's hand in one of the promotional pictures for Arctic, you know, I told Derek, I'm like, it's the Omega Hadron. And, and that's just kind of stuck. Now, our, just go back and re-listen our previous discussion and, and some of the stuff he and Tucker talked about last week to kind of know our take on what it is in Smallville mythology and what that yeah. little thing is. Yeah. I'm kind of reading up. It's been years since I've seen Supergirl. Does that, I mean, does that answer uh, the question, do you think? Zoltar, I mean, who was played by Peter O'Toole, allows Kara to see a unique item known as the Omega Hedron, which he borrowed without the knowledge of the city government, and which can infuse an artificial structure with life. Now, the only thing I can really remember doing that, other than the creature at the end, is the, is it a butterfly? It was a big dragonfly big type Big dragonfly. Thing. But oh. see, he also was like making trees and stuff. That's right. Is what Zoltar was doing. Yeah. On Earth, the Omega Hedron is recovered by Selena, played by Faye Dunaway, a would-be witch who quickly realizes that she can be that she can use it, that it can be used to allow her to perform real magical spells. 
That's a great movie. If you've never yeah. seen the Supergirl movie, uh, supposed to have a Christopher <laughs> Reeve uh, cameo in it that did not take out. Oh my gosh! You know what? I wish that again, and I think I've even said this on the show before. I wish I would have never known that. Yeah, and um, because that makes me so sad. But Mark McClure is in it as Jimmy Olsen. He sure is dating sure uh, Lois's little sister Lucy, who is Supergirl's roommate at college. G- um. But yeah, the the only the reason it was a big deal though for even care to go get the thing was it was a power source for the city. Their whole thing was the city's going to die now here in inner space. They were in a place called inner space, um, you know, which is I don't it wasn't really the Phantom Zone, but it was like a little pocket dimension they were in, and that was the only thing that gave them power in life was the Omega Hedron. Right, right, and um and so yeah, that's why Kara had to go after it, and she really took it on herself to go after it. Yeah. Completely. I'm really, I mean, I'm about to get into the whole geek out thing here because in Argo City, Kara was kind of behind in her study. She wasn't the smartest, sharpest tool in the shed. Um, and when she comes to Earth, you know, because it just, it shows just how far ahead, you know, mentally and everything else Kryptonians are. Uh, added to that, her powers given her by the Yellow Sun. And um, Let's talk about this on Geek Out Loud sometime. Yeah, let's do let's that. Do the whole thing. <laughs> uh, our, our, real que- our real thing about the Omega is, of course, that is not what it's being called in Smallville. It's just the device that controls the Traveler. Its actual intention is, is, is still really unknown, other than a device that, that was sent by Jor-El as a plan B in case Clark, you know, ever, it's kind of like when Batman had Kryptonite. It was in case Superman ever went rogue. You know, Jor-El being the man of science that he is, he had to include something that could that take him down if he needs to, other than kryptonite. So it's, uh, but calling it the Omega Hedron was just our little thing. Now, if Smallville did that, I wouldn't be a bit surprised because it would be a funny little nod, you know, to to the actual yeah, Omega yeah. Hedron, I mean, it, so. it wouldn't be. Yeah, I'm I'm like you. It wouldn't surprise me if they ended up doing that, yeah. calling it that, if they ever refer to it again after you know the season gets ramped up next so. year. Thank you for that, um, Becky. Yeah, Becky, thanks a lot. Hope we didn't confuse you too much as we went off on Supergirl. Today. I have to read this one from Sabrina. Did I send you this one? I don't know. Go ahead. Okay. Dear Derek and Steve, I felt I needed to set the record straight for us Allison Mack fans. Now, I do want to point out that Steve and I are huge Allison Mack fans when reading this email. I am very huge Allison Mack The fan. reason I was so upset about the prospect of Allison, not, and this was sent after she got recast, uh, the reason I was so upset about the prospect of Allison not being on the show is pretty simple. We know where Lex's story goes. Chloe does not appear later in the story of Superman. While I will so miss Michael Rosenbaum, what hetero girl wouldn't, she puts in parentheses, his Lex has become the Lex of Superman lore. If Allison left the show, it would be the end of Chloe Sullivan. Okay, I'll admit it. Clark, with the H-L-A, the shipper, Clark. <laughs> Clark rules. I've always had the theory that he and Chloe will finally get together and then she will be killed. My theory goes he could have saved her if he would embrace his superness. I guess, yeah, superness. He will become Superman as a tribute to Chloe, so nothing like that ever happens again. Wow, I didn't intend going into my theory, but you know how it is. While I'm on my soapbox, I feel like I should tell you guys you need to stop defending yourselves to the television without pity people. Everything you say now starts or ends with you saying it's not a fact or you guys aren't overhyping. It's your show. Tell them to shut the hell up and go on with it. <laughs> <laughs> My first email is long enough. Love the show. Thanks, Sabrina. Uh, Sabrina. Well, I don't want to overhype that email, Sabrina, but... <laughs> and I don't want to say I know too much about that email, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I can kind of side with that view of Allison. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think that's probably the best answer that anybody has submitted about why they think that she 
got more hype about leaving. Because uh, I don't I don't buy the whole, well, Michael's been saying he's leaving for a year, and Allison just all of a sudden may not be coming back. I, no, that really doesn't do it for me. I, I Yeah, I don't I don't fly with no, that either. I like what Sabrina had to say. I, I really yeah, I really appreciate Sabrina sending that in and then and then the kind words she had to say about us, but I I, I think that that's probably the best response to that I've I've heard so far. Now I'm not saying that theory is the best response to that ever so far. <laughs> Not that that's a bad theory, Sabrina. I'm not saying that. I just I would I would very very much uh like uh, uh I don't know. I, I, I like why you saying that Allison that that's the end of Chloe because obviously DC is not going to do with the, anything with the character anymore, as they said they were going to previously. So that is my new standpoint on why everybody got so up in arms about Allison and there was like nothing being said about Michael leaving. So that's that's the new answer for that in my book. Thanks, Sabrina. Steve, thank you, Sabrina. This next one comes from another Chris. Good lord, Chris in Boston. Chris. Yeah. He says, hey, Derek and Steve, been a long-time listener of SHU and a long-time watcher of Smallville. I was going to post this on the boards, but I figured it may cause a bit of animosity amongst the fanboys. I, based on what the rest of this email is, I disagree. I'm not writing this to try to be... <laughs> You're not supposed to read ahead. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not writing this to try to be read on your show, but I just want to throw my two cents in and hear your reaction. Huge letdown. I feel that this show has already has really ramped itself up to be something that it just won't be able to deliver on. The show has gone on for seven years without a set end date, and I really wish the writers sat down a couple of years ago and hashed out a plan to have this awesome story wrapped up and delivered as it deserves to be. For instance, the writers, creators of Lost, realized they were writing themselves in circles after season two. They sat down with ABC, negotiated a set end date, and then the writers knew what they had in front of them. They knew they need to wrap up the story and have the solid ending. The actors then knew what was expected of them. They knew what they were getting into. Unfortunately, with Smallville, this isn't the case. With such ambiguity, nice word there, Chris, storylines are being neglected, actors are losing faith in the future with the show, and the viewers are being neglected with a very subpar finale. I have to agree with Steven saying that I'm very nervous as to what season 8 holds. At the same time, I'm kind of sad. Smallville is one of my favorite shows to watch. I feel let down with the direction it's going. Granted, the show suffered some serious setbacks with the writer's strike, but I think it's very uh, sad to admit and say that. The best years of Smallville have come and gone. Uh, P.S. Derek, you should seek royalties from Lois. Did you catch her? Refer to the bars, hours, happy hours, epic. You guys do a great (laughs) job with the show. I commend you for your efforts, Chris in Boston. So I'm going to, I want to say this real quick to this Chris in Boston. Uh, I, I am nervous about what season eight holds, but I disagree with you when, uh, when you say that, uh, storylines are being neglected and that actors are losing faith in the future with the show. Um, I don't, you know, I know, you know, I know that we've seen Michael Rosenbaum leave, and I know there was a potential of Allison leaving. I know Kristen's not going to be, you know, as regular on the show as she was. But none of none of those three have come out and said because I've just lost faith in the show. You know, there were different reasons. Michael Rosenbaum's thing was, I think it's just time for me to move on. Um, Rosenbaum wants hair after seven years. Yeah, you know, and and who's going to deny him that? He didn't want to be like the guy on Seinfeld that Elaine was dating, and when he tried to grow his hair back, there wasn't anything there. Um. I don't know that storylines are being neglected. I think that they did a great job this year of bringing out back in some old stuff and wrapping everything up and tying loose ends together. I really, really do. Um, I will. I, I will say this for Chris's email. That's the nicest debate anybody's put up with the episode. 
Oh, sure. Like, that yeah. wasn't just, oh, F Smallville, F this, I'm done, I'm not watching anymore, that was stupid. I mean, it's, it's some, it's, Chris is obviously still, and it's what you have to do if anybody did have a problem with it, he's not giving up, he's still going to be watching, he's just, he's kind of concerned with the direction the episode took because he wasn't a big fan of the way the episode went down. And I, and I totally see your point. You know, I totally see Chris's point here because um, to 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 an extent, I agree with it. But I also want to say that what Lost did, as far as sitting down and getting a set end date and everything, is very rare in television. I mean, I don't know that that anyone's ever said with any television show, "Well, we're going to wrap things up at this point in time with this show." Um, most of the time, networks say as long as it's still making money, we're still going to put it on. <laughs> well, the only reason they did it with Lost is because they realized they have no idea how it ends and they just keep going with it. <laughs> but you know, I, and I've always said that, just thinking because I'm a, I'm a fan of Abrams, you know, JJ Abrams. Don't get me wrong. Oh sure, but um, I find it really funny that um, I heard this week Matthew Fox now knows the ending. Oh wow! Yeah, and but like he's had to sign so much crap being sworn to secrecy. Well, sure he did. Yeah, but it's out there now. Yeah, you know, I just it 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 is. I don't think, Derek, do you know of another TV show that's done that before? No, I can't think of one. No, I cannot. You know, and so it's really a money thing, Chris, when it comes down to it network-wise. I mean, they're not going to... Smallville is still one of the most popular shows on the CW. And and they're not going to just dump their cash cow without trying to breathe some life into it. I mean, I think everyone realizes how rough next year's going to be and how hard it's going to be to pull things off. But you got to think there's still the creative talent there. There's still the people who've made things that I didn't think could happen, happen well. And, um, you know, they've got to try to, you know, like I say, I think it's more of a network decision than it even is a writers and cast decision. I think it, were it left up to the writers and the cast, you know, season four would have been it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that that's what, you know, Rosenbaum, in a recent interview with him, he was back in the same room with, uh, George Takai doing the interview and and George Takai mentioned while they were talking because Michael kept bringing him in, you know. And George said, "Well, with Star Trek, we were supposed to be on a five-year mission, and the show ended after three years." And Rosenbaum said, "Well, this is just the opposite. You know, we were supposed to only go for five years, and here we've gone now. You know, getting ready to go into an eighth. So, um, you know, I think I think that a lot of people thought it would be over, and the networks just said, "No, you got to bring it back. You got to bring it back." And so. Of course, they're going to keep doing it, you know? Exactly. And I so. think we're going to get some emails because you've heard about this these headlines that have come out since yesterday afternoon about the CW being in trouble. No, I haven't heard about okay, that. Well, we're not touching on it in the episode because no official statement's been made by the CW, but apparently a lot of investors have pulled out of the CW. And even though Monday night's season finale of Gossip Girl was like the second highest rating they've ever had on the show... Um, you know, viewership, but I, I, I'm not really going to say anything about it because at this point, even though it was on like variety and stuff, I just think it's kind of uh, hearsay until something is even said by the CW, but I don't see the CW going anywhere anytime soon. Um, but yeah, the, the, they're definitely reporting that they may be in some, some hot water here pretty soon with their investors and stuff. But until I see something a little bit more legit about it or official statement made other than just some people speculating i'm not you know we're not going to touch on it too much here right right um the that all you had for that one that's what we got on that one have you got another one i do have another all right one. i've got one here real quick 
This is from Ellie. Ellie says, hey guys, this is my second email. My first one was read in Veritas. You got two read, Ellie. Congratulations. Thank you for... Thank you all for being so diligent with these episodes and your passion for the show. It's been so wonderful to listen to people as invested in the show as I am. Now on to Arctic. In my opinion, this was... I love it how we got both sides of the coin here. Now, in my opinion, this was the most beautiful episode of Smallville ever. Like you guys said, Tom Willing's emotional performance was superb. And the episode had me crying and guessing at every turn. It was perfect in every way, and I don't know if I can handle the next few months without new episodes. At least I can have my first six seasons on DVD to keep me company, right? The one mildly confusing part was about the episode, however, was Kara's fate. Brainiac sent Kara to the Phantom Zone either during or after the fight on the dying Krypton. It seemed to me that when Brainiac was destroyed, Kara was released from the Phantom Zone, but still contained within the Kryptonian prism that spun through space, somewhat like the difference between jail and prison. I think that when the show returns in the fall, and if Laura comes back, Kara's story should pick up with her either escaping her jail cell or returning from whatever prison, wherever the prison dropped her off. Her exit from the Phantom Zone was different from Clark, so it will be intriguing to see how it turns out. I was just wondering what your thoughts were about this. Uh, again, the episode rocked my world, and it, could, it left me hoping that one day I can share a hug like the one between Clark and Lois. Oh, That's sweet. Um... All right, I, I, that's a good email, Ellie. I'm glad you pre- liked the episode. I, de- I did think it was directed. I thought Slavkin directed. And I thought it was done very well. the The whole Phantom Zone thing, and and this is something that is a great debate between the original films, the Supergirl film, and and then you know episode six hundred one, Zod. Uh, the Prism is sort of a transport to the Phantom Zone. I mean, wouldn't you agree, Steve? That's what it seems like is the case. It's more like a drop a dropping off point. Yeah, um, yeah. The only the only time that we ever saw that prism thing looking like it was actually the Phantom Zone was in the Superman movies. Yes, um, because you, know, you, if you recall, even more so than when Clark got warped out of the you know the atmosphere of Earth, you know, when he was spinning right. at the end of Vessel. You remember when, uh, what do you call them? I forget what you call the two Kryptonians. Aether and Anus yeah. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Namek and Aether. Roscoe and Enos. Yeah, Roscoe and Enos. When they get, when they're in the prism in uh, Arrival, episode 501, yeah. the minute they get sucked into it, they get shot off into space. So it's kind of a transportational device. I think the only reason they showed Kara in that instead of the blue, what we got used to seeing in um, Zod as their Phantom Zone at Smallville's take on the Phantom Zone, Stephen DeKnight's take on the Phantom Zone, which is awesome in my opinion. I think that was just to show what happened to her. Obviously, they're not bringing Laura back, so they didn't want to go to the trouble of having to film a sequence of her in the blue desert. So it was easier just to show that she's spinning around and maybe she hasn't fallen yet into the Phantom Zone. Yeah, I think, well, I also think that, you know, for people who've watched Smallville number one, and then Superman fans in general, when you see someone in that thing, you know Phantom Zone. Yeah, you know that you can you make the connection. You know that's what's going if, on. And that's if, where if nobody had seen Zod and you see Kara walking around in a blue desert, you're like, what the? Where they? Yeah, where the heck right, is she? Right. You know, and um, and so I I don't think. I don't, and I also don't think at all that Brainiac being destroyed would have anything to do with Kara being in or out of the Phantom Zone. 
Uh, I don't think you need to be fooled by that sense. I think that once you're in the phantom zone, you're, you're in, in the phantom zone until you find a way out, until somebody from the House of L opens up the portal and you get sucked out. You know, it's Which not like that leads me to my question, Derek. Can she get out? Uh, can she get out? Because isn't she technically part of the House of L? She's from the House of L. She's from that lineage. If she knows how the gateway works, yeah. then yes. Uh, and, you know, in all honesty, given the age that she was by the time Krypton exploded and she was sent to Earth, she should probably know about it. But, I mean, she might not, given how she's going to be stuck in there now. Well, and you got to find it, too. Yeah, because that's you know supposed I mean? to be... It's not like she's going to come in with an intimate knowledge of the landscape of the Phantom right. Zone. Right, that is a vast place. The Phantom Zone does never never ends, in most instances. It goes on forever. It's an interdimensional so. plane. So, I mean, you just keep going. Like the Energizer Bonnie. So, uh, you right. know, and, and the, the thing about when Clark was in there, he had Raya. Raya knew where the thing was. She was with Jor-El when... Either Jor and this is something I'm actually having to write about right now. Whether or not Jor El designed the Phantom Zone or he discovered the Phantom Zone, he knew where that portal was. So therefore, Ryan knew where that portal was because she was his assistant. So it yes. was very much just showing you where Kara was. Now, and, right? I mean, it could be the fact that even though Clark was in the Blue Desert Phantom Zone, that prism still spinning around in space with him looking like he's stuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, but you know, as it shows in Zod, you see it from you see him banging on the glass, very much like Zod and Ursa and Nan did. You know, we're sorry, you know, all that. Um, right. Yeah. But then you see it from inside, and he sees himself flying away, being flung away from Earth, and he's hitting on the thing, and you see him like from the inside, you see him hitting, and it's going nowhere, and then he steps back, and then he falls. So yeah. I, I think it doesn't work both ways it's not like you come back out that way now the movies obviously are different because that's the phantom zone is them being trapped in that prism well you know maybe she's in a position right now that if there was a nuclear explosion it would crack it open and she could get on could out. be if you want to play by richard donner rules right I'm all for that so i don't know but good email nonetheless ellie i just think that that yes. was more to show where she is than having to actual film the whole sequence of yeah her. i think it's just a, i think i agree with you i think it's just something that's in our collective minds that we know and we see that flippy thing that she's in you know that someone's in the family plus they had, all they had to do was use the same effects from when they did it with tom and put laura on right. it. it's a lot cheaper yep go steve all right this comes from matt from san diego san diego uh he he begs us to please read and he uses um texting stuff so this is you know <laughs> i mean like this is a very hard email to follow, so I'm just going to read it as it's written. <clears throat> hey, you guys, my name is Matt from San Diego. Just some thoughts on the finale. Um, I say when I saw the beginning before the episode, they showed Clark flying and saving Lana. I was hurt by this because the previews after Traveler, I think we saw Clark flying. I thought to myself that I waited about seven years to see Clark flying an episode and I only see him do it in, tra- in a trailer. Another thing, in that same trailer, we saw Lex looking up at the fortress from the outside in daytime and in a snowsuit. What's up with that? None of that made sense in the episode. This episode felt so rushed, it's not even funny. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to read this. If you can please give me a shout-out <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> it's been a dream of mine to hear you guys shout my out on the air. There was no punctuation anywhere in that, was there? There was, like, maybe a question okay. mark and a comment. I was about to say, because you never Keep stopped. up the good work, you guys uh, rock. Okay. Oh, yeah, one more thing, mole. A mole. Uh, all right, here's my soapbox that I meant to get on last Thursday night, and I did not. And this is where I flame anybody who calls themselves a Smallville fan. So get ready. 
You ready, Television Without Pity? Are you ready, Steve? I'm ready. The if the trailer for Sleeper, and I say trailer in quotes because it was a hodgepodge of sequences from from Apocalypse and Quest and Arctic. Actually, not Arctic. The original Arctic, which was Veritas, the Michael yes. approaching the fortress right. in daylight right. with the Gore-Tex suit. Yep. There is a sequence. I have seen 400 emails about it. I have seen forum threads about it all over the internet. I and I'm sick of people not realizing where this came from. There is a sequence. From episode 705, Action, where Lana gets thrown off the roof of Oliver Queen's balcony, and Clark dives over the side, and he picks her up. You know, he goes straight down from the camera's perspective. You see him coming at you. And he gets Lana. And he picks up Lana, and he levels himself out, and they hit a car. That is what that sequence is from. They yes. showed it in the sleeper trailer. They showed it in the previously on. They showed it in the previously it. on on at the beginning of Arctic. How do you not know it's from another episode? Preach it. I, I it just it, it floored me because people started arguing with me. And they were like, "No, that's Tom flying." I'm like, "No, I know." I okay. I don't understand how people could get confused on that because we've not even had this discussion, Derek. You and I, because I thought that was just common. I'm surprised that people are even emailing about this and having these problems because. I think it's obvious. Go back and watch action. That scene in action, because Clark runs past everyone, jumps over the side, you know, and gets down to her. Now, you can debate whether or not he caused himself to speed up to catch her in his descent because of the rate of gravity being... I'm not saying he was not adapting himself to the gravity around him. I'm not saying he... Because, I mean, obviously, when he flipped around, picked her up, and leveled out, and they slowed down before they hit the car. I'm not saying any of that. All I'm saying is that was not a new sequence that they cut of Clark flying that everybody thinks it is. Right. Everybody thinks that that's what they cut out of Veritas when when Brainiac and Kara flew off. Everybody thinks that was Tom flying. You know, cause, but it was not. But it was not. It was from it action. It was from action. Go back in the Warrior Angel episode. Steve's favorite episode of all time. It really is. I hope they bring in the creator of Warrior Angel one day. Go watch that episode, and you'll <laughs> understand completely what we're talking about. The PA from the Warrior Angel film, throw, in an effort to prove, make his point that a hero can never be a hero when he's held down by a female, or you know, a significant other, not necessarily a female, that he has to kill her. In the same way he was going to try and kill the actress, Rachel Davenport, Here's my soapbox. I've, I, I literally like I've I have gotten on so many threads about this, and I'm like, do you people not watch this show? I'm done. Yeah, now. it's it's surprising to me that that I, I'm just I'm sitting here shocked that you've had to do this on multiple threads, and that people just don't realize. Oh, it. I should have let it go, but stuff like that bothers me. That's okay. That's okay, Matt. I want to encourage you to um, while you're in school, uh, take take part in the grammar stuff and the punctuation. <laughs> Get to know. He could uh, have texted that from his iPhone. He very could have. He, he very, very well could have. He texted. very could have. You're right. He very could have. See, it's rubbing off on me. He very well could have done that. But we've also had other emails from iPhones, um, and they've been pretty well punctuated and right. Thank you for that, Steve. I'm just saying. Okay. I, you know, it's just a pet peeve. It's hard to read the email and understand what you were saying. You done with emails? You got another one? That's it, man. That's it for me, buddy. Well, that is... Wow, we almost went as long as the first part of Arctic. So you got a three-hour, pretty much Arctic episode for a 42-minute episode of Smallville. 
Good stuff. Check us out, smallvillepodcast.com, our home on the internet. Our brand new website design, we're proud of it. It's a very streamlined effect that you'll see on the t-shirts, the new AAC cards down below, based on a theme done by Narsal uh, on our forums. It was Stuart. He did the fortress design. It's very much been appreciated with open arms. Other than the emails we got, should I talk about this real quick? Um, about yes. about how stupid we are? Yeah, uh, no, that's... Yeah, well, tune into Sky next. No, not that. Oh, no? I told you how bad we got flamed for people calling us. There was one email. Let me pull it up real quick. I have to read this. Go for it. You people do not realize how stupid... And you like how I had that at the ready? You two obviously do not realize how stupid you are. Obviously, you've been lying to us all this time about your inside information, stuff you know about the show, and how dedicated fans you are to Smallville and Superman Mythos. Two people so... In, and he does say inept, as a matter of fact. Wow, all right. Two people so inept about a show that they claim to know so much about would obviously have not released a design based on the Fortress of Solitude on the eve of its destruction on Smallville. Oh my gosh. You That's are kidding me. That one. No. You are kidding me. No. Why do you do this at the end of the show? You may get I? Mad about it now? May I? Go for it. <laughs> I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. I've not seen this email, but I want to tell you something. You're inept at understanding the Superman mythos. The fortress is there, and it's an awesome-looking logo, for one thing. That's one of the reasons why. Number two, that thing had been around for a week or so before this thing came out. We knew about the destruction of the fortress weeks in advance, but it's not about the destruction of the fortress. This is not just a Smallville podcast. We talk about Superman as well. This is a Superman podcast that happens to focus on the Smallville aspect of the Superman mythos. Now then, Sir, if you, how stupid, how trite, how petty to look at someone's logo and then say that we don't know what we're talking about because we may, we've got this new logo with the fortress on it the day before the fortress blows up. That is retarded, sir. And I'm going to say that. I'm sorry to be politically incorrect. I'm sorry to offend anyone out there. But that is just dumb. You are dumb. I am through forums.smallvillepodcast.com our website where you can check out our forums or you can email us at mail <laughs> or you can email us oh at mail oh my gosh out. that makes me so mad How? what a stupid thing to get worked up about or you can email us at mail at houseofelpodcast.com I'm sorry uh, everybody I'm sorry we appreciate every time you, you, know, you tune in and listen to us and, and, and just don't send anything in mean because Steve will go off on you. I don't, I don't mind legitimate criticism. Let me say that. I don't mind legit. If your criticism is well thought out and legitimate, that's fine. But don't come in with insults, throwing things, and then over something that trite and stupid, don't even go there. Steve and I are going to take a week off. Yeah, I'm, I am. I am. We're taking a week off now that Smallville is over. We'll I'm sorry, back. everybody. I didn't mean to get so worked up. But there's your season finale. It's it's quite all right, sir. <laughs> there's your so, Starkville's House of L season finale right there. The last there's your cliffhanger. The last <laughs> week of May, we will be taking a week off. So the first week of June, we'll be back. Steve and I are actually going to do a two part episode in which uh, Steve will do his. We discussed this. You're oh, okay, do yeah, your yeah. favorite episodes, and I'm going to do mine. Okay. Because the last time we did that was in the eighteen episodes that nobody's ever seen again. All right, so, okay. So we're gonna we're gonna do that when we come back and and defend them to each other on why they are the best and or worst. But there's rules. 
Right. They we can't, can't be use. A, we can't use. They can't finales. be a finale or a premiere. Right. They can't be a huge death. Therefore, descent and reckoning are out. Okay. And was that all our rules? Um, I think and they can't can... be some huge stunt casting episode like Rosetta. Right. I think, and I think the, I mean, I think we're really just thinking Rosetta there. Yeah, I think that's really like we can have we can talk we can say blue right blue or Laura yeah I think that's okay but okay. definitely definitely uh, we're just taking Rosetta and Legacy off the table Ooh, wait Legacy is one of mine uh oh damn we'll discuss this later all right on the next episode of Star Wars House of L <laughs> bye everybody see ya. <laughs>